1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at Clip it tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Quints and the shotgun. Wentz with a commanding presence is back. Here comes the rush. He steps up, fires on the run. Complete Ertz across midfield. Look at that kid. Ertz got out of came across the field, and there was great movement by Wentz,
2: and he threw a dart. He threw a dart.
0: Nation we are going to talk about actual real live football not preseason no more it is week one and we may have our disagreements across the BGN community but it doesn't matter because this week we get to see a live football game that matters there's a lot of new toys there's been a lot of new news we're going to get into all of that along with our good friend Dave Spadaro is gonna join the program, get us all ramped up, ready to go, dropping some pretty interesting nuggets, I might add, is James Zelter, who will be joining me in just a second, got to sat down with him, had a nice long conversation, and he's uh giving you he's living up to the Eagles insider name, I I should say, because he's dropping a couple of good nuggets here and there. I want to thank everyone for listening. It is episode number one eighty-five. Whether you're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, please, the five-star reviews go a very, very long way. And to celebrate this week, I don't know if everybody has noticed out there in BGN radio land, but we are officially giving away a Carson Wentz jersey. I mean, why not welcome him in and, and embrace it? Embrace the week one start. So we are giving away a Carson Wentz jersey. It is pinned on our Twitter account at BGN underscore radio. And the beauty of this, if you're listening to this right now, and that it is not Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, you still have a chance. So all you got to do is retweet. Make sure you're following us. Our good sponsor, Clip It at Clip It TV. And that's it. That's all That's all you have to do to enter. We'll be giving it away after our debut this Saturday on, uh, on WIP. BGN Radio is finally going to be on WIP. It is going to be from 4 to 6 this Saturday. So tune in and listen. Then right after, we'll give away the jerseys. And my good friend, James Seltzer, is going to be there along with me. We're going to do two hours, probably more Eagles talk, after that, James, what's happening, man? How are you?
3: I am jacked up, Johnny. I just—I gotta know. I'm excited about Saturday, but I followed, I retweeted. Am I eligible? Is there any chance I can win this jersey? Because uh, no. no, no, that no, wouldn't look no, too you're good. Out. No, but I'm <laughs> pumped, man. I, I hope everyone listens on Saturday. We got a lot of fun stuff planned, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, going down the dial, as it were. And uh, I think uh, both of us have talked a lot about how excited we are about that. So, cannot wait, brother. It's going to be a fun season. Meryl Reese
0: has already said my name on the air and yes, James is on the air. Like We're good. Well. We're good. Like yes, is, is, and we're, is, we're,
3: we may be me working on a potential, uh, That that's the beauty now too. Cause in the past we were never able to play Meryl calls and it's like, what's the <laughs> yeah. fun of listening to a call if it's not Meryl doing it. So I can't wait to actually be able to incorporate some of that stuff in the shows as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it. James first, we want to take care of the news
3: because not, I mean, we recorded
0: the Sam Bradford show and we're like, okay. I mean, that's going to be it. Eric Rowe's made the team. We're good here. But then uh, just kind of an odd thing that happens is Eric Rowe gets traded for a conditional fourth. And at first you thought, oh, the Eagles are going to get alignment out of this deal as well. And I I guess Howie was trying to flip him again, which I still am confused about because why wouldn't another team just deal directly with the Patriots if they really wanted Klein? But regardless of that, uh, it ends up just being a conditional fourth for not only this year, but the next year as well, as long as Eric Rowe plays 50% of the snaps. I believe that goes up to a third. James can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but just a a, a big WTF for me on like, wow, you know, you had this great Bradford news that came out, then Rowe gets shipped out. What was your reaction to it? And how have you settled in with things now?
3: Uh Very similar. You are correct, John. And I guess, you know, I guess it's better news when you hear that it can become a third because I, you know, we both like Roe and I think going, obviously, Belichick sees something in him, which always scares me. I know, you know, I'm not saying don't trade with people. Obviously we had the whole Danny Ainge, don't trade with Danny Ainge this off season. You can trade with (laughs) Don't trade with Howie Roseman last episode. Exactly. That's the, the adage we're heading towards. But, um, it just seems, and obviously, I talked to Dave a little bit about it, which is which is neat. Um, but it's it seems like the team just wasn't in on Eric Rowe and didn't believe in him, didn't believe in him long term. And and it doesn't matter that he was taken in the second round last year. It doesn't matter that it was uh, for the most part a, a, a you know a highly praised pick across the league and, and whatnot. But um, l- like I was saying, I do think I guess better a third than a fourth, and I wouldn't be shocked if it is a third, but. Uh, you know, even still, it's just strange, John. It's strange that that someone who at least seemed from to our eyes and others' eyes last year to have a decent showing, considering the circumstances in his rookie season, to just go from that to to you know gone for for a pick. And obviously, you want to replenish the picks, but uh it just seems like a very 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 quick turnaround, John.
0: And I accept some of the things as far as Eric Rose' uh, ability. You know, I, I obviously the the hips aren't great. I get it. Uh, there are things in there that, yeah, he leaves too much cushion. I get it. Um, but I, I, I'm very surprised, and and, and this is what we we're basically talking about on the last episode too. Between all of this, he wasn't traded yet, but we had the understanding that hey, it's still going to be there, or possibly even cut. Um, it is. I just want to, you know, reiterate it again. It it seems like that it is not just the ability here. I mean, if the, if he's willing to learn, he's willing to do all this stuff, then I think he, I mean, Nelson Aguilar, obviously the contract's a completely different situation and he can't move him. But I think as far as attitude goes, that's really more or less there than his ability. Because if he still has that kind of ability to shine through there and he's able to pick up things, it's, it's a completely different situation. I'm going to go ahead and say that, Corey Unlin and probably and more than likely Jim Schwartz were just done dealing with him, you know, because if you can't learn the system and you are having mm-hmm. a refusal on whatever they're telling you. And obviously we've heard a bunch of stories already that saying like he's going to come in here and be the starter. So if he, that was his mentality and he didn't want really want to change some things up and he was fed up for being there, too, then I, I, I really do think that's more of it than anything else. Now, is it good or bad? And this is the debate that is is going to keep continuing on because as Eagles fans, we're going to look at this thing and go, okay, well, he wasn't going to work here. And if he's not going to play, his value is going to diminish. So you might as well move on from him now. And I agree with that. If he's just going to ride, ride the pony pie not, and not do anything else, then yeah, you should move on from him. If he can't get along with the coach that was here before, you, you know, you can move on from that. If he's not a starter here, if he's not a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, and I'm not saying that Malcolm Jenkins is a bad guy, but if he was a bad guy, uh, his talent still superseded that. So Eric Rowe didn't have that, and I and I understand. The other part of this is, well, who's making the right call? Because uh, to me, James, this is this process. Now, the value is is way better than it was with Chip, but this process is not any different to me, in my eyes. It is guys that like their guys, and they are moving on from guys that they don't like, right? The, so there, there lies, I think, same, same for me. I think the same things are happening there. The, the difference is you're at least getting some return for Eric Rowe. And it's always, yes, Jim Schwartz is smart, and I do trust him. And so is Corey Unlin, because he's produced a lot of different cornerbacks, a lot of different DBs in this league, and they've had nothing but praise for him. So I respect those things. I also respect, just as James said, Bill Belichick, because guess what? He's pretty smart, too. So it, it kind of lies in that crux of, well, which coach and which GMs do you really trust here? And and wh- is it Jim Schwartz's scheme? In his? Because there have been issues before in the past where he also can't adapt to certain players being in there so again it's just kind of like a a coin flip in the air it's like okay well let's see who's right I don't know who's right or wrong I would have liked him to have held on to Eric Rowe for another year to see how it was going but if the relationship really was in turmoil here James really nothing you can do about that and you just got to move on and hope for the best and now like Hopefully, I, I, you're rooting for him to stink, you know, to play 50% of the snaps and stink. That's where I'm at.
3: Yeah, no, and, and it's a bummer, too. I, and I I don't know if I'm rooting for him to stink other than the fact that I'm always rooting against the Patriots. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. outside of that, if he weren't a Patriot, I, I don't have any Ill, Ill feelings towards Eric Rowe. But I, I think you hit on a lot of important stuff, John, in terms of we're not going to know if it's good or bad, obviously, until Rowe plays and, and the type of player he becomes. But... Look, like you said, if he was going to not be a part of this defense, if he was going to be the fifth cornerback or the fourth safety or whatever it is and ride the pine a lot, then there was no reason not to make this deal. And in fact, it was a smart move because you needed to get whatever value you could and, and him sitting another year removed from that second round praise, that Sterling kind of, you know, upside type of tag, then, you know, it's going to be worse value. So I get that. And. I think you had on a, a lot of important stuff though, in terms of the, the, you know, Doug Peterson came in here and said, I want Doug Peterson guys. Chip Kelly came in and got guys from a, a height and weight and this kind of stuff that fit his culture as well. And all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the way the NFL is, man. And we thought yeah. that maybe Chip was kind of different, but in a sense, he he thinks differently, but he also d- goes about a lot of things the same way, especially in terms of, of he wants his guys around him. And that seems like a, a very natural thing that that... In any sort of business, any sort of organization, you want guys who you trust. You want guys who you believe in, and and different coaches, different systems. I think is is really where we see the differences here. Are looking for different things out of their players, but I really do agree that I think it comes back more so, and why it could backfire, and 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 again, we won't know for a little while, but it could backfire in the sense that if it wasn't necessarily a scheme thing, or or. You know, if the coaches just for some reason weren't willing to give the guy a chance, and we don't know that, or give him the right chance, or if it was they they assume something about, you know, we just don't know, you know, so... I think maybe there's a chance that it's I think there's no question it's attitude or or mental or intelligence or something along those lines. Those are the types of things that led to Roe being gone. It's not the on the field stuff as much because, like you said, he's got some deficiencies, but that's what coaching's about, right? Like, you know, he's was a second round pick for a reason. He has shown in the NFL that he he has some talent. Um, so you got to coach that out of him. So I, I think you nailed it. I think it's certainly attitude, maybe some intelligence type of stuff. And, and I think more than anything else, you know, these guys are coming in and they're saying these are the people we want and we don't care about those other people because they don't aren't part of what we want to do.
0: And we want to get into the breakdown of, uh, you know, versus the Browns this week because I'm just so excited that we get to talk about real football. But first we want to introduce our very special guest, from PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and you can hear him on 94WIP during uh, pre- and post-games. Honestly, I know James says it in the interview itself, but I am very proud that the team I root for has the best website in the league, from the video department, from the hype video that they just released, and I, I know that there are other uh, uh, outside companies that help with that too, but the, the production value of that, between the podcast that they do with with Fran and everybody else that's in there, the All-22 breakdowns, it's, it's really phenomenal. We're very happy to have him on BGN Radio. It is Mr. Dave Spadaro sitting down with her own James Zeltzer.
3: And I'd like to welcome in my good friend and actually former boss as I actually get the chance to talk to him on the air for the first time. Very excited. The man, the myth, the legend. You can follow him on Twitter at Eagles Insider, Mr. Dave Spadaro. What's up, Dave?
2: Is this man bites dog?
3: Is that what this is right now? How are you doing, James? Yeah, it's exactly right, Dave. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very excited to talk to Dave. I can, uh, I can let everyone know. Uh, I know he doesn't want me to tell them, but. Dave is actually an awesome guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Why would, would people think otherwise? Um, you know, you never know, Dave. You never know. But uh, I've been behind the scenes with Dave, and and literally one of the best people I've met in this business. Cool, man.
2: Oh, that's very nice. Same, uh, the feeling is mutual.
3: I really mean it, Dave. Really excited to get you on too for the first time this season. Um, and, and I know you you're a busy man. So <laughs> let's jump. Yeah, let's jump in. Um, and, and I want to uh, get to what you're doing on the Eagles' site, which is. Easily the best site in the NFL. Uh, in just a bit, but um, let's let's jump in. I, I want to just start with the general kind of feel around the NovaCare. Obviously, last season towards the end, and obviously with it ending a week before the season, uh, the Chip Kelly tenure got a little toxic, or or whatever you want to call it. How has the mood changed around the Nova NovaCare Complex and the team so far under the Doug Peterson era?
2: It's it's clearly you know 180 degrees different. I mean, there's there's a a camaraderie that's different there's an inclusiveness that's different i think people are uh, really enjoying showing their personalities i mean fletcher cox is on every uh every video that pops up he's photobombing people so um uh, it's just it's it's really kind of a, a, as it is often though you know when there's a fresh start there people embrace that change and frankly it was that way with chip at the beginning it was hey we're going to really enjoy this this new kind of start, this new way of doing things. Um, so, I, I think it's been really productive, and and I think the the team has bought into Doug Peterson. And I know the four and O means absolutely nothing in the preseason, but uh, they I think they kind of came together a little bit there. But James, I'm going to say this: I think you always find true leadership, true camaraderie. You find out just how much you have when you have times of adversity. And while this is not a, a time of adversity for the Eagles, it's a time of extreme change. And when you know the Eagles traded Sam Bradford, all of a sudden they've got a rookie as the starting quarterback. How does the roster galvanize? What does that mean on Sunday and in, in the weeks to come with this football team? I think you truly find out now when things uh, count in the standings, what kind of chemistry, camaraderie, and togetherness you really have. So to date, it's been excellent. Doug's, you know, great to work with. He's very uh, he's very uh, easygoing. He's very understanding of the organizational needs. I think he comes off as really likable with the media. Uh, but when Sunday comes around, look, the whole tenor changes. And really all that matters at that time for people is wins and losses.
3: Yeah, no, that's a great point and a great segue into, into the You know, Sam Bradford traded it. It's one of the biggest, you know, obviously chip getting fired was a huge story as well, but this was one of those ones that you could see the chip thing coming, maybe not the week before the season, but I don't think anyone thought that Bradford would actually get moved the week before the season. And, and you can't, you know, I've praised Howie for it, but regardless of what you think about Bradford, a first and a fourth is, is really a great haul. And obviously the fourth, the potential go higher, but Uh, Kind of, you know, Bradford's gone. Let's focus on what's here. I think the more surprising part after the trade was the idea that it wasn't going to be Chase Daniel at first, and they were going to go right to Carson Wentz, which kind of went against what they had originally said their plan was. What was it about Wentz? What have they seen? What What is it about this kid and, and what he's done so far, especially with, with not much you know, preseason playing time to judge him on? Uh, what is it that made this coaching staff and organization comfortable uh, rolling him out week one?
2: I think they really felt that because of where Carson is coming out of the pro-style offense at North Dakota State – coming out of a uh, spring and summer where he really applied himself mentally, they felt that he had, you know, the understanding of protections, and he understood from a mental standpoint what's expected of him. So uh, there's no question that uh, it is – it's a leap. I mean, there's no there's no doubt, right? There's no doubt that, hey, you can go with an experienced quarterback and chase Daniel right now and you'd probably be okay, right? He knows what to do with his offense. You're not going to have any um, – pre-snap blunders or anything like that uh, but i think they just want to get the, they just want to get the thing started with carson i think they feel like you know he's got all the tools uh he's there mentally um let's let's see his development begin now rather than delay it he's healthy you know the team's got its it's projected starting offensive line ready to go with lane johnson at right tackle alan barber at left guard and uh and why not start him off in the home opener uh and and just kind of rally everybody behind him and leave no doubt we don't want we don't want Chase Daniel looking over his shoulder this is Carson Wentz's team now and moving forward
3: yeah i and i'm i'm i love it personally because that was kind of my issue before was that you know you did all this to go up and get Wentz and and he's clearly the future yet it just felt like there was a dichotomy with, with the Bradford thing and not kind of building towards Wentz and, and in one move, uh, you know, complete one hundred and eighty for me. uh, And for me, at least the excitement level heading into this season, even though, you know, likely look, they're still, I, I know they're still trying to compete with Wentz, but likely you obviously had a better chance this season, most likely with Sam Bradford, but, um, For me, the excitement around the team heading into week one is is so much more palpable. Does it feel that way in Novacare? I mean, not to say people are happy to see Sam go or anything, but do you think there's an excitement from the team to actually go out and and play with Carson and and get this era started?
2: Yeah, but I mean, I can't, yes, but I think that everybody would have been excited had it been Sam also. I mean, it's the start of the season, and for the players – many of whom kind of went through the gauntlet in training camp in the summer and they made the 53-man roster, so they feel a sense of accomplishment and a sense of, hey, we're part of the team now. So uh, I think it would have been exciting either way. I understand totally the, the juice with Carson. Look, Carson's a, really, he's a rallying kind of player. He, he makes everybody feel comfortable. Uh, he's got a lot of swagger. He's got a lot of confidence. He's a, just a great kid. Um Sam is a much more reserved kind of person. Uh so everybody understands that for Carson Wentz to have success, that that player has to do his job and and not make Carson feel like he has to do too much. So um yeah yeah there's a ton of excitement and I under, and I know for people like look, we're all fans, right? I'm a fan. Yeah. I feel more I feel I feel like the Eagles could have been competitive in the NFC East with Sam Bradford I feel like I can't wait to see if Carson Wentz is good enough to push this team into the playoffs in 2016 I do know this I've been around long enough James I've been around back to the days of Randall Cunningham Mm -hmm. uh through the Donovan all these eras I've never seen a kid who's as together in all components as is Carson Wentz I just can't wait to see him play on Sunday he he handles himself so well he he understands he's here to play football He's not here to, you know, go to Whitney Houston's birthday party and wear the gold tip shoelaces, or get endorsement deals, or do any of that stuff, uh, or listen to critics. He's not a list. He's here to play football and to win games, and that's just that's just all he's about. So I'm really excited to see him.
3: Dave, that, I mean, I know how long you've been there. You've been with the Eagles for, for a very, very long time. And like you said, Randall Donovan, you've seen some great young potential and and ultimately great quarterbacks roll through here. Um, I got goosebumps when you said you've never seen a kid like that, that ready. No, I really haven't. I really, really really haven't.
2: Yeah. He's just, uh, he's really special. And, And talking to the coaches gets me excited because he, they think he's really special also in many, many ways in the way he attacks the game. So, Will that manifest itself on Sunday? I don't know. It's a whole – look, if the moment isn't too big for him on Sunday and he insists that it is not, then it's pretty remarkable, mm. right? Like coming, yeah, from, com- yeah. uh, Dude, coming you know, from North Dakota State, State playing State, one yeah. quarter, one whole quarter in the preseason, if he can go out there and, and be composed in front of a home crowd that's going to be rabid and playing against an NFL team in a regular season game and handle that tempo, I mean, wow, wow, wow. That's yeah. That would be super. It's just incredibly impressive.
3: Yeah. No. Great point. Like you know, people got to remember he's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw interceptions. Stuff like that. That's going to happen. But it's a great point about the composure. If he can handle it, and he can come back and keep slinging and keep doing what he does, uh, especially really early with so little experience uh, at such a high level of play, that is something special. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the other trade that kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, Howie has been. A busy man the last few days and uh uh from one, you know, draft to the last one, Eric Rowe obviously second round pick last season. Um why do you think the team was willing to move on from Rowe after only a year, especially considering how widely praised that pick was across the you know, it wasn't just right. like you know, it, doesn't yeah. what, what oh, it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter how go it's praised.
2: Point. They saw somebody who wasn't developing, who wasn't um, doing what they expect of their cornerbacks, and Eric Rowe clearly had some positives in his game. You know, he's a good tackler. He's a long arms. He he looks the part. But uh, I just I, I just think that he didn't have um, the the nuances of the game down. Didn't didn't have the technique down that they asked for. And it's not a whole look. The scheme's different, but I don't think what they're asking is all that different from last year to this year. Struggles when he has to change direction. Struggles at the top of routes. Uh, struggles against speedy quick cuts um, is good against receivers who are going down the field in speed, bursts of speed straight down the field. But, you know, it just didn't, wasn't fluid in changing direction, I feel. Like the Eagles upgraded things. They, they really changed out a lot with uh, the addition of Ron Brooks, the addition of Leotis McKelvin, the selection of Jalen Mills in the draft. Uh, and they just wanted to go in a different direction. So they get some value for him. And uh, hopefully Eric Rowe can, can develop. And the idea that he could be a safety
3: yeah, it was is, my follow-up. You beat yeah, me to well, it. You know, it it's, <laughs> just, it's, no, it's not,
2: it. It. it's not that easy, guys. It's just really, and I believe me, I've asked the coaches a hundred times about this, and mm-hmm. they just don't feel like he would be able to recognize and diagnose and react um, as a safety needs to at this point. Wow.
3: No, it's in- and thank you. That was my follow up if they had ever tried it out. And that that is interesting and obviously there is obviously a bit of a logjam at safety regardless. So, you know, you get value for him. I understand it. It's just a little jarring when when there were high hopes last year, but um, Yeah, you know, no that- doubt. He
2: came on at the end of the year, but remember um just you got to keep doing it in the NFL and mm-hmm. you can't take time off and I think the Eagles were disappointed that Eric the way Eric came back to Maybe he thought he had won a job already. I don't know. But he certainly didn't play an impressive uh, – he was not impressive at all in the preseason.
3: Yeah, man. You, you, you sometimes forget, but NFL not for long, and, and you got to every single year just keep winning that spot and, and keep pushing, so – um, you know, hopefully long-term that that ends up being the right move. Uh, one other area of the team, at least heading into the season, uh, you know, I think everyone feels really good about the defense. Everyone's excited to see Wentz. Uh, I think people are mostly okay with the O-line as long as Lane is there. Um, the skill positions and especially the wide receiver, I think is probably the biggest, at least perceived weakness heading into the season. Uh, what have you seen from these guys? And and obviously, especially with the with the two young guys who you're, you're I mean, we know what we're going to get with Jordan Matthews, likely Josh Huff. You know, hope we've seen He's inconsistent. See it, yeah, it, I
2: see. I see inconsistency. I mean, that's what I see. What everybody else sees. Nelson Aguilar not catching the football that, like yeah, he needs that, to.
3: Aguilar and DGB are the two guys to me who, at least in my mind, there's still real potential there. And and. Uh, you know, obviously, we're talking about a second-round pick who, who a team, you know, decided to move on from after one year. Dorial Green Beckham brought in in the exact same way. Uh, you know, what have you seen from this kid on and off the field that um, you know makes you think one way or the other?
2: Yeah, the, you know, he's a really nice kid. First of all, he seems like he wants to certainly be a uh, realize his potential. I mean, the Eagles are kind of feeding him the offense very slowly, only some segments, packages, concepts. Um, He's not going to uh, learn the entire playbook. He's not going to be asked to do so. He's going to run very basic routes. Um, He's going to go up and catch the football. He's going to use his big body. So um, I think that he's got a long way to go, a long, 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 like long way to go before he's a complete receiver if he ever gets there. Yeah. Um, so, But in the meantime, they feel like they can use him to some size advantages. I feel like they, they feel like they can use him in the red zone uh, to great advantage. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him starting on Sunday, to be honest with you. I think wow. you've got a chance to play quite a bit here. And, and, but they'll rotate their, their receivers. Look, at it, it's a receiver core that needs to, st- to step up and prove it. They want to get the ball to Josh Huff in very easy manners, very shallow crosses, handoffs, screens. Things where he can catch and run. Jordan Matthews is going to play in the slot and take advantage of his size. Nelson Aguilar, I mean, he's going to play and he's going to be expected to catch the football. And there's a lot of pressure on Nelson. Um, and so, I mean, there's nothing nothing more I can add to that. Um, the tight ends are going to be really huge parts of this offense. Uh, the running back, look, Ryan Matthews is a he's good, an he's just gotta stay healthy. He yeah. just hasn't stayed healthy, right? So, I think at some point, honestly, I think at some point, Wendell Smallwood will be a factor, but not nothing early. But I think at some point, he will be a uh, uh, he will be a factor. So, um, I, I, look, I, I, I get it, man. I mean, the Eagles are, are going to have to scheme. They're going to have to take advantage of matchups. They're going to have to, as, as Brad Childress used to say, matriculate the ball down the field. Uh, I, you know, they have to find ways to get explosive chunks of yards. That's going to be the big challenge for this offense.
3: All right, Dave. Lastly, uh, I yeah, can't let you go without just touching on the Lane Johnson situation. We know he's going to be out there for Week One. Um, obviously, it, it doesn't seem like anyone you know knows what's going to happen. But do you have any idea why this process has dragged on so long, or, or any guesses? Yeah, I do. That- know,
2: I, you know, James, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't know why it's taking so long. At this point, I guess it's a good thing that uh, your rookie starting in the first game, and you have a chance to go out. With the offensive line that you intended to have starting at the beginning of the season in the off-season, uh, so uh, I don't know. Everybody's just waiting, and in the meantime, it appears that Lane Johnson will play on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns.
3: Yeah, we'll take as much Lane as we can get, Dave. Before I let you go, tell everyone I worked on this show. Back in the day, it's, it's my favorite, and everyone needs to watch Eagles Live. Please tell everyone about Eagles Live and, and what's going on with you guys this season.
2: Well, I'm going to call you, I'm going to tell you that our daily show that we run on the website is called Eagles 360, but I started a podcast uh, called Eagles Live, the Eagles Live Podcast, and it's not, it's not me pontificating, it's me interviewing Doug Peterson every week, and this week I spoke with John Filippo quarterbacks coach and getting getting really great access and uh, kind of telling the Eagles story from from our standpoint and from our perspective and um each week coming your way we, we were trying to put a podcast out out a short one out after each game um and then later in the week kind of previewing the the game to come so it's been we're 31 episodes in it's wow. gone really well james and uh it's available for free via subscription on itunes and also on philadelphiaeagles.com com and our official app the
3: reincarnation of Eagles Live, and it's very exciting yes, in podcast form. In yeah. podcast form, and and also like you said, look, no one gets the access that you do. That that's the beauty of what you do and where you are. So, um, you know, that's going to be people's best opportunities to hear from Doug Peterson, John D. Filippo, I mean, I'm I, I'm so interested in that guy. Everything I've seen about him, I've liked. He seems to be a actually kind of a cool guy when you look at the videos of of the Wentz pick and all that. So so. Eagles Live, check it out, the podcast, Eagles 360. And again, Dave, I've said it before, and it's not just because I used to work there. I mean, you look at every other team site in the league, and no one comes close to what you guys do. So um, keep up the great work.
2: Thanks, James. Thanks for the opportunity to come on your podcast. Uh,
3: Anytime, Dave. It's a pleasure to have you again. Follow him on Twitter, at Eagles Insider, and check out the podcast, Eagles Live. Thanks, Dave Spadaro.
2: You're the man.
0: So a couple of interesting nuggets in there. And the one that popped out most to me, James, don't be surprised if DGB is starting, which yeah, if you, buddy. if you, if you went to the depth chart, uh, you know, you would see that Huff would probably be starting over, but you know, uh, why not? You know, you, you traded for him for his upside. Let's see if he's got it.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And also uh, it kind of interesting too, because it did, Dave didn't say, Oh, this kid's a stud. He's ready to go. He said, you know, there's a lot of work there, but interesting you know to preface that by then you know but then going in with you're going to see him a lot and he's going to get the chance to work it out on the field which you know is something i like we've talked about kind of what we're looking for so figure out if this kid is a piece of the future or not right
0: yeah absolutely and i i was under the impression that they would probably only use him in in certain situations Mm -hmm. whether it's your your third and five your second and fives your Somewhere around there, so you can bust a slant open and <laughs> real quick and, <laughs> and get a first down and move on. Obviously, the red zone threat, uh, you know, that we all – is near and dear to our – Plax Jr., baby! Plax Jr., bring, it, bring them all out. So, with that, I, uh, you know, where does – when I look at the Browns, and they were, we'll get into the interesting comments that the GM made, which made a lot of people upset in Philadelphia. But I look at these two teams, and I see very – similarity I see a lot of similarities even though they're different I look at Cleveland's defense and I go wow that is awful that is terrible and I look at the Eagles offense I was like okay not awful not uh, as not not a not a stud not not something that you could declare these guys are going to be top 15 in the league or top 10 in the league or somewhere in there so it's interesting how they kind of match up strength on strength here like their defense in the offense between the Eagles and the Browns I think that's uh, I still think the Eagles have the advantage there, but it's not overbearing and you still got to worry about Ray Horton and you have a rookie quarterback on the other side. And then I look at the flip side and I go, wow, Corey Coleman. And and I look at RG three and we'll have to see if there's kind of any resurgence there with, with you and the boys there offensive line. That's not great. So the, again, like strength on strength. I think the defense from the Eagles and the offense of the Browns are where their, their abilities uh, best lie. And same with the other side. You see that the same way, James?
3: Uh, yeah, at least to a point. Uh, I, I think that Browns' O-line has the potential to be actually pretty decent. From a talent perspective, they're not that bad. I mean, obviously, Joe Thomas on that left side is one of the best, if not the best tackle Absolutely. in the league. And then, you know, Joel Batonio two years ago was right there with Zach Martin as like that that next great guard in the league, and then just had an awful injury plague season last year. And then, obviously, Cam Ir- Irving. I know we had some fun last year with him, but a first-round pick, and they're committing to mid-center. I, the point being that I, I don't think we can write off that O-line, but I certainly agree that 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 the Eagles' biggest advantage in most games they're going to play right is going to be that, that defensive front, those front seven going up against any sort of of offensive line outside of the greatest offensive line in the history of the football <laughs> that they have to play twice. But um, also another thing, uh, uh, Terrell Pryor is going to be a, an issue too. I think he is a, he is a big man and he runs fast and, and, you know, looking at Nolan Carroll and Leotis McKelvin, I don't, I don't know who covers him, uh, you know, long down the field and Coleman, obviously a weapon as well. Duke Johnson is going to be difficult. They're, going, you know, yeah. Michael Kendricks. If he's not on the field, if Tullock's on the field, Duke Johnson, you know, you hope Hicks can take him. I mean, there's just a lot of matchup issues that that could be a problem. But ultimately, I, I agree. I think defensively, you're going. It, it, I don't see this being a high scoring game. Is the point? But I, I certainly think that the Eagles have to be at least the Eagles' defense is the best of the four units and, you know, probably special teams better than the the Browns as well is just so much the best of the four units that I think that that will ultimately carry the day for them. Um But yeah, I, I, look, I think this is a lot closer game than looking at the schedule and being like, ha, huh, we got the Browns week one. You <laughs> yes, know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, but I, I feel that is,
0: that's the sense of not only national, but also local, like they should easily Kind of win this football game. I'm going to say, I don't think that's the case. Even with the defense, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but th- I mean, I, I Ray Horton is also no joke as a defensive coordinator. And I know they probably don't have the tools lined up. I mean, look, our our good old Eagle, Jordan Porter, is 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 their starting free safety, right? And you have uh, Emmanuel Agba coming in here, who I was very high on, Uh but it, you know. He's going to take some time. The the in, uh, the def- Danny Shelton, the, a generational talent. You know, there's the, <laughs> no there's... one will
3: ever be able to run against the Danny <laughs> Shelton defense.
0: <laughs> you know, you, uh, in ge- the
3: middle is clogged forever. Sorry. Yes.
0: Yes. Exactly. So there is there is some question marks there. But if I know Ray Horton, I know that he goes, oh, rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. not a lot of preseason reps. Oh, guess what we're going to do? Eighty percent of the time. We're going to blitz his ass, yes. and guess what? The offensive line here—we still don't know what's going on there. Lane Johnson—I know D- you and Dave were discussing it—but unless we hear otherwise, they're going to need Lane Johnson because it, it, I think he's going to play here, and they—and they—is that—that's going
3: to happen, right? Yeah. Oh, Lane's playing this week. Obviously, there's always the chance you would guess for some last-minute thing, but I, I think he would have enough time to. to... Uh, I guess it's an appeal, but even then, I'm pretty sure he is 100% good to go for week one. Um, but it was interesting when you listen to, that, to, to what Dave had to say in the sense that, you know, he seemed like having, not just like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but had no idea why it's taken so long, what is happening. It really, um, everyone is in the dark about this, and I don't ever remember it one, you know, a steroid thing like this or a PD thing like this, taking it and dragging out for this long, so... Yeah, uh, John. I don't know, man. I, it's the most perplexing or, you know, befuddling, whatever you want to call it, uh, situation surrounding this team right now.
0: So yeah, they're going to they're going to need him, and you know, Jason Peters is going to have to hold up. Like that's I I and maybe it's going to be a silly concern after the game is all said and done here. But I'm just not that confident that this offense can get rolling and get chilling. Look, you just you they literally just switch quarterbacks in a week. <laughs> you had to, and I get that, and I am and let's get to the crux of it here, James. Mm-hmm. I am I don't care really how well he plays because I'm I'm more excited to see Carson Wentz after this deal and I know we said it on the last podcast of even if he's going to struggle, like let him struggle. There there's it's it's built this I, and I get the hype train part of it of, oh, man, you know, Jeff McClain had a great article breaking down everything this past week. Jordan Matthews quotes, you know, flipping Howie the ball and saying, he's the guy, I'm ready, and so is he. They're ready to go here, knowing the place, coming in at 5.15 in the morning to go over film. Super, super smart. Frank Reich is, is talking like a valley girl and saying, like, not just smart, like, 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 like smart. Wait, doesn't
3: he, doesn't Frank Reich always talk? No, not always. I am, not. Well, I don't know. Maybe he does. <laughs> I've been, I have
0: been met him. DiFilippo flipping out about Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson in love with them. Howie Roseman all over the place celebrating this guy. And we should be. We should be. For one week, let's celebrate this, that you don't have to wait for an entire year for Carson Wentz to start here. I want to caution absolutely everybody here. You just heard me say they are switching quarterbacks in one week for a guy that has had his ribs injured the entire preseason. I want you to take take a deep breath. Remember that just for one game, pretend that they are not competing for a division. They are not competing to win this year. And... Understand that this is all evaluation on how Carson Wentz plays. I know that's hard. It's opening week, and we want the win, and I I damn right I want the win. I want to see some crazy sacks from the defensive side of the ball. I want Fletcher Cox and Benny Logan and Vinnie Curry and Brandon Graham to absolutely rip RG3 apart and rip everybody apart here. But at the same time, I am still in the mode of let it, let us see what we have, let's get excited about the good things, and let's see how bad the bad things are, James, because I don't expect Carson Wentz to come out firing. If he does, my, you know, I'm going to be so incredibly happy and, and, and take a dump all over myself about being worried at all about the move up and how Carson Wentz is and everything else that's going on here because a lot of the, the – listen, the Bradford pick – uh, the, or the pick for Bradford freed up a lot of angst that I had about Carson Wentz, really, because I think that that's a little bit of an insurance policy here. But wh- where are you with Carson Wentz starting Week One this week, pal?
3: John, I am a hundred. Million percent with you. And listen, we were both critical of the move when it happened and just unsure about when because because I know like people could say they knew, but, you know, outside of people who scouted North Dakota State or watched him play there, you know, you don't know. We hadn't seen the kid. I've really and, and I, we got called out on Twitter earlier for changing an opinion on something. So I, I, I'm i sorry. I'll try to keep my opinion static for the rest of my life and never change on anything. Um, But I've changed on Wentz a little bit because I've seen the kid. I've seen how mature he is, how he's reacted to the situation, how he seems like he's never flustered or or it's never too big for him. And obviously, you know, as Dave said, and I thought that was one of the – most interesting parts of that interview was when he said that, you know, in the entire time he's been here that, you know, Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham, he's seen a lot of guys, been in that building, met them, talked to them, you know, interviewed them, all that stuff. And obviously, you know, you he said that he was the best, you know, or the most excited he's been about a guy or the most, you know, whatever he, however he phrased it there, that it's just like, this is the guy, man. And look, Dave said as well, it, 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 you don't know until adversity, you don't know until Wentz struggle until he faces adversity and, and we're going to see it. But if he just looks like he can handle the moment, if he, he's going to make mistakes that, you know, a lot of mistakes. What did Peyton Manning? And I'm not saying that Wentz is Peyton Manning. Oh, James said, James said Carson versus Peyton Manning. No, Mark he's clearly Cam Newton. All right, come on, John, <laughs> let's not come on. Um, but you know, I mean, Peyton Manning set the record for interceptions in a season in his rookie year. I mean, everyone struggles and this kid might struggle even more than that and probably will because he is like John said 38 preseason snaps rib injury of course the crossover from you know not playing against super high level athletes comparatively to other quarterbacks entering the league the speed of the game there is so much stuff that that is being thrown at him in in a very small period of time, and, and I think the bigger thing is not judging him by the results, because physically he's got it, man. He We've seen the throws, we've seen his ability to run. I mean, he's a big kid, he's got all that stuff, and, and he seems very smart, and he's good with the media and all that, but... Uh, I think if we can see him go out there and and forget about the actual plays and and the specifics and look at how he handles it, look at how he bounces back from those interception, interceptions, look at his ability to lead those guys out there, and 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 if it seems like he has command of that team, and obviously some of that's subjective, but we've all watched enough football that you can start to get a feel for at least for the swagger that a guy has out there, and, and that's the type of stuff that we're looking for. John, I, you said let's pretend for a week that, that we're not competing for a, a title, uh, you know, a division title or or whatever, I, I'm, the, you can pretend for a week, but the, the reality is they're not all season. I, I know that they're trying to say and that that they're going to have their cake and eat it too because they can compete with Wentz and all that. And look, if Carson Wentz takes this team into like a competition for the NFC East this year, then he's the guy. Because, uh, you know, I mean, this is, it's far more likely this is a 5-6 seven max win team, even with this defense than anything else. And maybe even worse than that. And we need to step our expectations back and step our expectations back for this kid and give him a chance to grow and realize that it's more important how he's handling it than how the team is actually doing. And I I know that's tough.
0: Yeah. And if you, that's right. If he, he ends up getting to that point. Awesome. That is awesome. Like then, then the Eagles really have hit, the home run here because not only you could you got a first round pick for the guy who's going to start for you and guess what there's no drop off and hey guess what it might even be better you know so you, you want to work up to that I just know that there are some things that he needed to work on and like we were saying like we need to see him get blitzed constantly see how he handles it And you can make the argument yes he's faced some of that adversary already and you saw that against Tampa a little bit and he's already sustained an injury. So he knows what it feels like. He knows what's coming, and let's see how it kind of works out here. So uh, it, it, with that, I mean, and that's the other part about it too is where you're going to get into situations. We heard it a lot this week where, you know, you know, I really think Chase Danner should be in there for the first couple of weeks just to take hands and, and make sure you can do that. Well, you can't go back to that. You no, just can't. yeah, like, that ship
3: has sailed, guys. Like, it, you know, it, it is what it is, <laughs> you know? And, and and I'll have a big theory on that, and
0: you should listen into ninety four WIP Saturday from four to six. I'm gonna get into that stuff because I'm really tired of people using David Carr as a constant look towards the rookies. If he can play, he can play. Doesn't matter what kind of. I mean, there are so many bad offensive lines for a lot of these rookies that came in here and still succeeded, whether it was planned or not. And this definitely wasn't planned, but he's here now, and I'm just I'm I'm rooting for Carson Wentz. All this yip yap for the last ten minutes is basically just to say I'm excited to see Carson Wentz. I I hope that everything works out and we have this Cam Newton Russell Wilson type of thing happening here where nobody really expect. Well, I mean everybody expected Cam Newton, so I should just say Russell Wilson, where everybody's everybody's not expecting uh, them to kind of come out here and 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 kill it, and I hope he does. So with that being said, James, I I believe it is time. For the first time ever in a long time, yes. let us get to the NFL picks. You hit me. It's time to ring the bell and play some bets.
3: Hey, I don't want your money punching my money.
0: Here come our NFL picks.
3: Here comes the money.
0: Here we go. Money
3: talks. Here comes the money.
0: Right, we have wiped the slate clean. Not that we keep track of this stuff anyway. We should we really should. We maybe should. This year, I, I, I don't right, think this we do year, because
3: I'm so bad at it, John, that we yeah, just decided right. to give me a break.
0: We always just say it was like, Oh yeah, it looks like we ended up five hundred, but yeah. it's probably way worse than that. So
3: <laughs> maybe we'll keep track. Why not? Yeah. Uh, maybe some enterprising BGN fan out there is gonna come to us halfway through the season and say, You're doing great, you're terrible, and you're terrible. <laughs> no, it's all gonna be terrible.
0: Well, NFL picks uh, presented to you by Clip It. It is the hottest app that is out there. It is football season, people. How come you do not have this downloaded on your phone yet? I got to tell you, I was watching college football this weekend and catching some of the most memorable, well, I don't know, not of all time, but the memorable moments of the weekend, sharing them on Twitter, being able to basically sneak in the game if you're out and about and all there. It is 30-second uh, HD clips that you can grab right from your phone. There's no more holding it up using Vine to your computer screen or to your television. It is high-quality HD clips that you can share anywhere, Facebook, Twitter, on your blog for a post. And we're going to be doing that uh, soon, too. And just as I told you guys, just because of your support here in Philadelphia, they want to get on, and, I, and I, I've been semi-promised that they are going to get all of the local Philadelphia channels. So all the Comcast networks, TCN. Wow. So you can catch all the press conferences this year. You can go back and see, did he really just say that? And then back up and, and do all those things. And along with just sports too, they have everything. CNN, all the news networks, SEC, Pac-12 networks, Big Ten networks. So if you don't have cable uh, or or you have a limited cable package, I mean, Clip it is the way to go to watch these games and to share them. Uh, with all of your followers all across the social media land.
3: James Zelter, where are we heading to first? Uh, John, that's a good question, and just a, a reminder there. My dogs also support Clip It, obviously, and our <laughs> avid viewers. All right, Johnny, uh, let's. Uh, we're going prime time for a couple of these games. Let's start with the Sunday night action as we head to the desert as the Jimmy Garoppolo's take on the Bruce Arians. <laughs> <laughs> New England huh? is a, a six-point dog on the road in Arizona. I wonder when the last time New England was that big a dog on opening day, John.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to trust Vegas here uh, completely because I think Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I don't like them starting away. Um I might even might even predict that you might see Jacoby Brissett by the end of this. Oh, he's going to be oh, backing him up. So, I'm going to take the Cardinals uh with that healthy uh, minus 6 on Sunday night.
3: John, I wanted to ring the bell on you so bad. I love, the line started out at at Arizona minus one, it moved to minus six. I'm not a, a big, you know, read the line kind of guy, but when it punches you in the face like that, when it says, no, 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 Jimmy Garoppolo's not good, this New England team has no chance out in the desert, and obviously I'm not saying they have no chance, but that's a huge line swing, so... Uh, I'm gonna hop on board with that Cardinals team, which uh, is obviously very well rounded and and should be able to take advantage of Jimmy Garoppolo. Plus the Chandler uh, Chandler Jones revenge game, or John, oh, yeah, or the Jonathan right. Cooper revenge game. It could be either way.
0: <laughs> either one works. Uh, let's head on down to uh, Southern California, Uh-oh. which is which is so odd to, to say. Still, I can't like comprehend it. Even when I was a child and. And uh, Jim Everett was out there, and I remember Jim Rome calling him Chris Everett for a long time. The Rams are in town, and they finally make their debut. And, of course, it just is real against... quick,
3: John, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. They're making their debut as the L.A. Rams, but the game is in Chipville.
0: Oh, it is in San Francisco, my bad. So I'm an idiot, and take that away, uh, but still— Well, just save
3: ju- that for, for the next home game, and then you can <laughs> rehash that, that yes. intro. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I'll just leave it there. Uh, Jim, Rome, Jim Rome is still calling Jim Everett. Chris Everett is is, is constantly plays in my mind. Uh, but uh, the, the the 49ers then are the dogs at home as they are plus two and a half in their home game with Chip Kelly's debut being in a different NFC conference. James, where are you going on this one?
3: Oh, man. It, I, I feel like I'm going to make a lot of people mad, but... I don't like this Rams team one bit. I know they have Aaron Donald and, and Robert Quinn, but they don't have a ton else. That back seven on defense is bad. It's not good. They lost Norris Jenkins. They lost Rodney McLeod, as we all know. They're they're you know very deficient compared to what they were last year. And and obviously that D line is good, but you know Case Keenum. Look, John's burping about that the Rams offense as Case Keenum. Obviously, <laughs> Todd Gurley is good, and I'm not saying the Niners are any good, but. I don't know. I just have a feeling like chip out there. I don't know. For some reason, this is more of a gut call than anything and uh, you know, I, I, I'm going with the Niners outright. Uh, uh, ring the bell. Yes. I
0: uh I'll be rooting for Jeff Kelly in this. He's a good coach. Fight me, fuckers, okay? <laughs> but uh he, I, I I'm he just there's no personnel there. And I will trust the defensive team to beat. I mean, it's Blaine Gabbard, guys. It is Blaine. As much as you can say Case Keenum, it's Blaine Gabbard. Blaney he did not t- look Wait, wait hold up,
3: hold up, real quick. Before you get into your Bl- Gabbard diet, you wouldn't take Gabbard over Keenum? I think I would. no. I would. Hell no. I would. No,
0: and that is, and that's a troubling thing to say. Uh, but, <laughs> it yeah, is. Either
3: uh, way, it's troubling.
0: <laughs> so, I, I just don't, I mean, you look at San Francisco's wide receiving core, and not that St. Louis is much better, but at least they have a Tavon Austin, you know, and I know he just got paid and I don't it think stinks. he's, he's incredible, but at least you can, you know, run some drag routes a couple of times and, and, uh, and move down there. I, I, you know, I think this is defense on defense, everything, I think it's going to be an extremely boring, I don't know who's going to stay up for it. That's why it's on too late. So there's your first uh, ring the bell. Final thoughts as we're going out here, James.
3: Uh, Johnny, I'm just pumped. It, it Look, you know, there's been a lot of, um, animosity and, 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 and arguing and all this kind of stuff within Eagles fandom over Chip Kelly. And then, you know, the Doug Peters, and there's been so much stuff. Uh, it, like you said, you said it before, let's just all kind of come together and, and root for this kid. Cause uh, like I said, I, w- I was not the biggest fan of the trade at the time. And, and I'm really coming around on him. I, I, I'm starting to really believe in Carson Wentz and obviously I have to see him play at an NFL level, but uh, I'm just really excited for the 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 potential of of the guy who could lead this team for the next decade or whatever. Uh, this could be the first time we see him play an NFL game, and, and just that alone is exciting.
0: I uh, I'm not completely bought in. I'm just kind of you know it it again it lessens the blow for me. I was going to be excited either way uh, uh, because. You know, the start. You, I was more on the defense, really, but now that this has happened and it's, it's what we all wanted anyway, that's why I'm excited. It's because the clock starts. The clock starts on Carson, and we get to see what we got there. I am excited, and I'm definitely rooting for him. Listen, I don't care what the Browns say, all right? It is almost impossible to be a sub-20 quarterback. It's one thing we didn't really touch on. You know how fucking hard that is? Mm-hmm. Do you know how awful you have to be to be a sub-20 quarterback? And look, you can make the argument, and we can still make the argument, like, yeah, it might have been the wrong choice, but at least there's the insurance policy now. If he's bad, then you can, or if he's uh, just semi-above 20, then start giving him weapons, man, and just build around this guy. And that's where I'm at right now. Let's see what we got, and if it is indeed a franchise quarterback, oh, my God, did they hit this out of the park. They recouped all their picks, and they all, all they basically had to give up is a second and some mid-round picks. For a franchise, yeah, quarterback, and some bad is, contracts. And, rid and, of some ba- and that's it. I'll eat eleven million bucks and you get a first round pick. Now, that's interesting
3: so, too, John. Real quick, just the the idea and, and I don't I don't necessarily think it I don't know how purposeful it was or not, but it is interesting that they kind of were able to to pay for picks in a way. And, and that is a really interesting kind of development. Uh real, very hinky esque. Yeah, no, it was. And I don't know how like, you know, obviously they wanted quarterback depth, and that was on purpose. I don't think they ever you know, maybe they thought someone will get hurt, and we can we can capitalize. I don't know how much forethought there was past the the quarterback depths, but either way, that I mean, it really couldn't have worked out better.
0: Yeah, and no matter what kind of squabbles, and this is, I mean, we kind of kind of got called out on on the howie hate from way back in January, and this all kind of happened. I'm still look, I, I, you can't be so stubborn to not change your opinion on this. That's what all all this was was basically based around the quarterbacks. It's gone now. What can I complain about? (laughs) I I still have, I think both James and I have always said that Howie makes great deals and will always, that was his number one strength. Now that it's on him, let's see about his draft class. Let's see about his draft class and see if we can move on here. And if him and Joe can get along, this is great. Then we're all, then all the crap that we had thought originally, one isn't true, and two, we can just enjoy the ride because it was the right move from all along so and we'd be it- happy
3: to be wrong Yes, I course. don't want to like, be right I'm not, if I'm, I'm saying I, Why so. would I ever
0: want to root against the team that I love? You know, this is so silly. People get into that, like, crux of like, oh, man, well, you guys said this, and, oh, you were wrong, and now you can't like it. I don't care. As soon as the – you, James and I both reacted the same way. As soon as it was – as soon as Bradford left, we're like, well, uh, all that crap's out of the window because <laughs> what do you have to be mad about now? They asked, We asked them to do something, and they went above and beyond the expectation. Yes, exactly. I hope to God that that happens here, man man, because this defense is special. And if Carson Wentz is special too, holy shit, let's get up the horses and let's ride together. This is going to be fucking awesome, and I can't wait for football to start. For myself, James, uh, John Barchard, and Mr. James Zelter, you've been listening to episode number 185 right here on bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com. Ha! You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on
1: BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.
0: Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours.